Jim Caruso. He is just a big advocate of freedom of speech and freedom of enterprise. But uh, like I said, uh, like Alice in in Wonderland, let's just start at the beginning. And uh, what I want you to do, Jim, for those of you, for those out there that don't know a Flying Dog Brewery, uh, go ahead and, and give the 30 second elevator speech and talk about the brewery. Absolutely. Thank you. Flying Dog Brewery, founded as a brew pub in Aspen, Colorado, 1990. We had our first uh, brewery, manufacturing brewery, Denver, Colorado, 1994, at the old Silver State Laundry at Broadway and Market. Moved across the street to uh, 20th and Blake in 2000. And then uh, we're the only brewery relocated to the Mid-Atlantic region in 2008. Moved all of our production out of here. Uh, I think we rank number 32 in volume. Um, You know us as the Ralph Stedman artist, Gonzo Free Expression Brewery. That's our heritage. So uh, people listening are probably like, okay, uh, Jim, you you said you're kind of your Colorado uh, lineage. Why? Why'd you go? You you had it all set up. Hey, we need a bigger brewery. Uh, We had been producing way more beer out of that uh, Colorado facility than it was capable of producing. Uh, We had in mind that, uh, you know, we wanted to focus on the East Coast. The brewery became available. We jumped on that opportunity. We're the only brewery that has actually moved across the country, gone from a focus on 48 states and 23 countries to basically three states of that singularity. And uh, we've experienced about 400% growth over that time. We sell, uh, I should say, Maryland consumers, I want to hug them all, are now consuming, as of four years ago, more beer than we were selling in 48 states and 23 countries six years ago. Wow, that's yeah. that, that's quite impressive. I love Maryland beer drinkers. Yeah. Holy cow. So you kind of have the 50,000-foot uh, view of things. I mean, obviously, a lot of brewery. Charlie's got a brewery here, Brews Beers, Belgium-style beers here in uh, Midtown in uh, Denver. And uh, But from your perspective, uh, Colorado breweries, what's happening here? I, uh, I am a little bit out of touch with Colorado. I don't get back there very often. Uh, it was the Napa Valley of beer when I was there. Uh, it's a wonderful lifestyle, wonderful craft beer. I, I'm afraid I'm not really qualified to comment on Colorado these days. I thought you just might have a different perspective of kind of, a, you know, Colorado. We kind of live in a bubble here in Colorado, a bubble that we like to live in and, and stay in. Um, so when we, uh, you know, hear hear things that are going on in the brewing community, it's a very tight-knit one here. Wouldn't you say, is that your estimation, Charlie? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you know, I can attest recently it is a very tight community and, uh, you know, brewers all support each other and and uh, help each other any way they can. So you can you can always count on other brewers in Denver if you need something, and whether it's expertise or an ingredient or whatever. Right. So well, that was my experience there as well. It's true out here too, which I'm proud to say. Here in Maryland, breweries have gone from 15 to 70 over the last eight years, and wow. we have that same camaraderie. I think it's part of that the culture of the craft brew industry. That's very cool. Flying Dog Brewery CEO Jim Caruso online with us. Uh, now, now jump into this, and and it'll all tie in at at some point here. Uh, but talk about um, the naming of your beers. Uh, there are a couple in particular. Um, that have gotten a little bit of heat, and I, I want to know to what extent. But uh, you've got the Flying Bitch beer, right? Uh, Raging Bitch, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, Raging Bitch. Yes. Uh, talk about that beer. Uh, it's been our number one selling beer since we introduced it in 2009 for our 20th anniversary. Uh, it flies off the shelf. It's I would consider it, without being immodest, the gold standard for Belgian IPA. 
it's, uh, I mean, the only trouble we ever received from it was when Michigan banned the sale of it in 2009, declaring it was detrimental to the health, safety, and welfare of the citizens of Michigan. Uh, we sued them. Well, so let's go, go slow here. So in, in your mind, and, and you know their argument, what was their argument? And, and who is the state of Michigan, what entity in the state of Michigan has that type of authority? Well, uh, none, actually. So it's the Michigan Liquor Control Commission. Three appointed bureaucrats. They are lawyers. They did swear to uphold and defend the Constitution. And then they proceeded to do this. They established a policy that simply said anything with the name bitch on it, any beer, wine, or whiskey cannot be sold in the state. Uh, they even went so far as to a prior commission had approved Blonde Bitch. The new commission came in and unapproved a beer. It's crazy. So you look at this and say, well, based on what? Well, it's based on their personal opinion and the, some whim about what they find disagreeable. So they reject Bitch's Brew, brewed by our friends at Dogfish Ted, to celebrate the 40th anniversary of the classic Miles Davis album. Made a beautiful cover, same label on the bottle. At the same time, they approved beers with the name that's used for, uh, used to be a child born out of wedlock, but comes from a culture of rape, you know, basically the right of the first night, and, you know, women traded as chattel. That was all fine, but they just arbitrarily reject Bitch's Brew and approve the others. This is the problem when you introduce the concept of censorship. It's contagious, it's subjective, and it's, there's just no limits to it. What was your fight? Well, we sued them. So they, they rejected our beer. They actually went so far as to call and say that this beer is so detrimental to the public that if you don't have the wholesalers, we, we, actually, we accidentally shipped it to them, they don't pull it off the shelves within 24 hours. We're sending the state police out to confiscate it. We sued them in the Western District Court. This is federal court. Our previous battle was in state court. This set a federal precedent. The win in this case set a federal precedent for all breweries, wineries, and distilleries. We lost in the Western District Court, and the ruling wasn't about whether or not Michigan violated our First Amendment rights, but the court basically said, even if these commissioners did commit that crime, and that is a civil rights crime, you can't sue them. They're protected. They have immunity. So Alan Gura, a hero in uh, the circles of defending constitutional freedoms, we appealed that at the Federal Court of Appeals, Sixth Circuit. Six years later, this was last year, uh, unanimously in our favor. You can sue them. And the minority opinion said, and they clearly violated your First Amendment rights. So we took the, and they paid. They paid a, a price for committing that crime. We took those proceeds, uh, paid off the legal fees, and I used every other cent that we were awarded to create the First Amendment Society so that we have a continual conversation about the importance of free expression and freedom of speech. Wow, this is where it gets good, right? I mean, this is really where it gets good. Again, CEO Jim Caruso, Flying Dog Brewery. Um, really cool. All right, so we're up to the point now to where... And so as you're telling me that story, in my mind, I'm thinking about a small little brewery that's just trying to make its way. And the pressure that can be put upon... And again, uh, you felt the pressure. Uh, but you had a little bit of different positioning with leverage as far as, uh, you know, economically. And I think of a small brewery that would just say, you know what, we're going to fold up and, and 
we're going to lose this fight before it even begins. Well, here, here, here's the situation. In 1995, the Colorado Liquor Commission, based on a complaint from another brewery, was our first Ralph Stedman label. And it was Road Dog, and it was Good Beer, blah, 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 that became our slogan, perfectly harmless. The Liquor Commission, we said it's art. Got a lot of great press, great art, great beer. Liquor Commission said, no, that word is obscenity. If you don't pull the beer from the market, we'll revoke your license. This is 15,000 cases of beer, quarter million dollars in today's dollars. Uh, and we pulled it. We had deep pockets. We were able to get through that. There would be no flying dog today if we, didn't, if we weren't able to dig deep. And we, did, we put the beer back into the market, good beer, no censorship. Five years later, of course, the Colorado Supreme Court ruled in our favor. But when you have overreach by bureaucrats and they want to impose their personal opinions or violate the law, it's easy to say that's a violation of the First Amendment. But if, if the unseen part of it is all the breweries that can't fight this stuff, this has been going on for decades with state liquor commissions banning labels just because they didn't like them. <laughs> Completely unconstitutional. And our win in the federal court set a precedent clearly establishing nationwide puts every state liquor commission on notice that freedom of expression this is protected speech under the first amendment applies to beer labels wine labels and spirits labels and so if you have any problems give alan gura a call and he will be happy to sue the government for violating your First Amendment rights. You know, and it even goes beyond the government. It goes beyond when some special interest group just decides to latch on to you because they deem you to be sexist with a beer or, you know, even even though, you know, Charlie Gottenkinney has a beer blondie. Somebody could deem that as like, uh, you know, that's a sexist name of, of a beer. And they and they come after you. And these are people that don't even frequent your brewery, probably never even don the doorstep of your brewery, uh, let alone even drink the beer. They call you up and they give you pressure. And then with social media and everything else, a lot of times it's just easier to say, all right, whatever. What do you what do you want to name it? You name it for us. What's going to make you happy? And I see this happening time and time again um, to where this type of uh, PC police that uh, come out of the woodwork for uh, each and every little thing that uh, that's deemed to be uh, sensitive to people. But it gets here's why you're so qualified again jim caruso ceo flying dog brewer we talked about the the uh and they probably sold a lot of raging bitch beer for you because of this lawsuit huh i mean it got a lot of publicity i uh, i'm assuming as well but you have another beer that could be na uh you know deemed offensive it's wow. good s uh, good ass beer, and you can figure out what the. But yeah, that's the Road Dog beer that that the Colorado Liquor Commission sued us for. We had it was Road Dog, and and our slogan on there that Ralph wrote when he was painting this label live on the BBC was "Good beer, no, no crap." You know. This is what I want to do. Can you stick around I'm through? I'm about that racist thing, though, and I speak at college campuses across the country at think tanks, uh, at at freedom of speech groups. This is manufactured outrage. It's manufactured virtue. There is, there is racism and sexism in America. Ignorant, 
stupid people are racist and sexist. I want to give you all the time to riff. And they're not connected. Let me do this, Jim, because I want you to just riff. Can you sit through a short break? We'll come back. And this is why I think that you're so relevant when it comes to talking about what the Brewers Association is doing right now as they (laughs) say that they're tightening rules on, quote, offensive names of beer. We'll talk about how they're coming up with this subjective, uh, very subjective. They have a committee of three. And uh, I think you'll be able to shed some light on this. I have reached out to the Brewers Association to see if they wanted to comment on this topic. They didn't show up to the dance. Uh, Julia Hertz, uh, she does a great job. She's always been on the show. She's a wonderful woman. I think she will show up at some point, but this isn't going to go away anywhere. I want you to, uh, again, when we talked uh, uh, before the show, we had a short conversation. I said I wanted to give you just a couple of minutes on your stance politically with this and, and, and let you go on that. I want to take a quick break, come back, we'll do that, and then we'll jump into this Brewers Association topic. Is that fair enough? My pleasure. All right. Greg Hollenbach, Charlie Gotten, Kenny. Charlie, what did you just hear right there? Well, um, you know, I, I kind of side with Jim on censorship, and I think, uh, you know, you can, you can it, censorship by bureaucrats does get out of hand very quickly, and I think when you've got a few people making decisions on this, um, you know, those decisions can be long-reaching. So, you know, if they slam one bland, blonde beer and decide that blonde isn't a name we're going to use anymore, and I've actually heard that come up, so I, I cite that one, um, <laughs> it has it has repercussions across the industry. Blonde beers are an industry standard. There's an American blonde beer. There's Belgian blonde beer. There uh, certainly are. What are we going to call it if you're if you're not by its name? So ah uh, well, you know, the breweries. Some of them need to stand out, and some names are a little salacious. But uh, let's leave that up to the consumer, not a uh, a committee. And we'll talk about the Brewers Association. And I believe they have every right to do what they're doing, but. Um, uh, it's an interesting dynamic for sure. We'll come back with Jim Caruso and uh, Flying Dog Brewery CEO. He's a fantastic guy right here on the Modern Drinker Show on iHeartRadio. You'll share a little drink with us on this festive day. It's the Modern Drinker Show. Hey, it's Greg Hollenbach for Gluten-Free Things. Are you intolerant or sensitive to gluten? Or maybe you're a gluten-free lifestyler? Is your menu limited because you've eliminated gluten from your diet? Are you missing the taste of foods that traditionally contain gluten? What if I told you that you can add breads, pizzas, muffins, cakes, cookies, waffles, croissants, English muffins, the list goes on right back to your menu. Gluten-Free Things is a local gluten-free and vegan bakery that reintroduces you to the foods you love. Owner John Irvin believes gluten-free shouldn't taste like the box that it's packaged in. Trust me when I tell you the products from his bakery in Arvada are fresh, flavorful, and masterly crafted, leaving you with a product that tastes like the real thing. Simply delicious. The bakery is located in Arvada on 64th and Sims across the street from Arvada West High School. Check out their website at glutenfreethings.com. You'll be amazed with the variety of gluten-free products they make. And chefs, don't leave your gluten-free restaurant guests without options. Contact John at info at glutenfreethings.com. That's info at glutenfreethings.com to see what he can do for you. Give him a shot. 11651 West 64th Avenue in Arvada. It's gluten-free things. Are you ready for the ultimate wine experience? Hi, I'm Jennifer Hewlin, owner of Water's Edge Winery in Centennial. Step into my tasting room and enjoy our wine by the tasting, the glass, or by the bottle. Our winemaker and my husband, Chad, is making more than 30 varietals on site. Whether you're an aficionado, 
or someone who's still exploring your palate, the selection at Water's Edge will satisfy you. If you're like us, you love wine. You love drinking it. You love sharing it and maybe even want to learn how to bottle it. Have you ever wanted your own vintage in your wine cellar? Now you can bottle your own batch of wine. Swing in and create your own wine label. It's the perfect gift. Check out our website for all the latest happenings by going to wewdenver.com. That's wewdenver.com. Or just stop in and say hi. Water's Edge Winery is located in Centennial at 2101 East Arapahoe Road. That's the northwest corner of Arapahoe University across from the streets of South Glen. Stop by Colorado's premier craft winery. We'll see you at the Water's Edge. Remember the time when if you wanted to enjoy a classic Belgian-style beer, you'd better be visiting Europe? Hi, I'm Charlie Gottenkenny, head brewer of Brews Beers right here in Denver. It's with great honor that my partner Ryan Evans and I are able to share our passion for Belgian-inspired beers from our local microbrewery, Brews Beers. Located at the intersection of 67th and Pecos in the Midtown community, we invite you to Denver's only all-Belgian-style brewery and taproom to sample an array of classic Belgian-inspired beers. If you're a Colorado craft beer lover like myself, you're sure to appreciate our attention to providing only the best ingredients and care when we brew our Belgian beer recipes. With a food truck every night and open seven days a week, our spacious dog-friendly taproom and beer garden welcomes you, your friends, and family to sample from a large selection of award-winning, small-batch, handcrafted artisan ales. Look us up online at brewsbeers.com. That's B-R-U-Z-B-E-E-R-S.com. And we'll see you at the brewery. Hello, this is Sam Calagione from Dogfish Head Craft Brewery, and you are listening to The Modern Drinker on the iHeartRadio Network. Okay, right back at it. It's 723 in the Mile High City, live right here from the iHeart Studios and on 630 KHOW. And uh, Greg Hollenbach and Charlie Gottenkinney having a great conversation with Flying Dog Brewery CEO Jim Caruso. Hey, you just heard uh, um, Caligione there coming back, didn't you? Yeah, I sure did. Hey, you want to do the same thing so we can get you running on that? Absolutely. All right. So it just, uh, hey, it's Jim Caruso, Flying Dog Brewery, and you're listening. Or say whatever you want. I don't care. Just make sure you get the modern drinker on iHeartRadio in there. <laughs> Fire it off. The, uh, the, the modern drinker. The modern what drinker. What kind of drinker is there? The modern drinker on iHeartRadio. Yeah. Not postmodern, but modern. Yes. You want to give it a shot? Yeah, Modern Drinker on iHeartRadio. Let's what? hear it for Modern Drinker. You got to get you. Come on, we need the name and the brewery and then that. This is flying. This is Jim Caruso from Flying Dog Brewery on Modern Drinker on iHeartRadio. Perfection. Thank you so much. That's good, man. Hey, listen, I was uh, talking to Charlie. You, you do a lot of uh, speaking, don't you? I do. Yeah, I can tell. I can tell. And we're just having a great intellectual conversation about uh, really um, it, politically, if, you, if you're into politics and, and beer plays into this one. Uh, but if you've seen political correctness, it comes in all shapes, sizes and forms. And it's just like the uh, the uh, leaking eminence that just it fills the air and it's just so gross and disgusting and it's everywhere um, there. People are just waiting to do that. Uh why do you why do you figure that is? Why do you figure that exists? Well, let, uh, let me, a little bit of background. So I am defiantly nonpartisan. I stand for individual liberty, economic freedom, and human dignity. So what you have out there are people 
who fundamentally disagree with the concepts of free expression and free enterprise. And, you know, that's for a variety of reasons. Freedom comes with responsibilities. Freedom of speech comes with tolerance for other persons' points of view. It doesn't mean agreement. Tolerance does not mean agreement. You can vehemently disagree, and then you respectfully listen to the person's other side, or you walk away. When it comes to hate speech, if the person's at all rational, you may be able to influence them over time. If it's a nutcase, you don't shut them down. Freedom of speech can be a pressure release valve. And besides, you want to know who the nutcase in the room is. So when you learn how to manage yourself, and these words can be painful, they can actually hurt people if people allow them to do that. Rather than try to silence people you disagree with, rather than encourage people to feel victimized by a word. A word is not violence. Violence in violence, a word is a word. You teach people how to recognize that a racist or sexist comment is about the ignorance and stupidity of the speaker, and it's not about you. Jim, but but myself, Charlie, you, we're, we're not smart enough to be able to make these decisions. We need people to do this for us. No, you do not. And here's the fundamental disagreement. And that is, if you take the Brewers Association's censorship program, and that's what it is. You can call it a code or a policy. Spin it as you wish. It's a censorship program. And the funda- two fundamental disagreements. One is on how the Brewers Association views consumers and individuals and how people like us view consumers and individuals. And let me, let me just say this. You know, I've ch- I challenged the Brewers Association the moment I heard about this. Policy. Are you a part of the Brewers Association? Uh, I no longer. I do not support. I will never support any organization that contributes to supports uh, censorship, and I will never sanction that organization. So I've Are already you- communicated to the Brewers Association what my response is to their policy. I have not made that public yet. Okay, okay. So, so are, are so, you? Let me ask you this: Are you participating in the Great American Beer Festival? No, I no. refuse to sign an agreement. It's like saying. Hey, if you want a driver's license, you can sign away your First Amendment right. Never. And here's the, here's the deal. In my conversations with the Brewers Association, they, one of the comments was, well, Jim, not every member agrees with every policy. The, the, the presupposition there is that free expression is a mere policy. Here's the fundamental disagreement. Freedom of expression is a value. It's the master value that intellectual freedom is built upon economic freedom and political freedom. Without freedom of expression, you have none of those. So when it comes to censorship and the violation of freedom of expression, here's what it is. Uh, As most of your listeners know, the federal government looks at and approves every beer label before it goes on a bottle of beer and gets sold to the public. And they can reject it if it's obscene. There is a standard for that in federal law. And most states approve it as well. You have two levels of approval and review. That is not sufficient for the BA. The BA, people like that, people like the BA that put these programs in place believe the following, that that is fine if it if it's, if it's, uh, doesn't violate the law and it's protected speech, but consumers need a guardian or a nanny to protect themselves from these naughty names or these off-color images that might get through. And the fundamental difference is I believe that consumers can 
think for themselves. That's crazy. They know what books they want to read. Oh, my goodness. They know what movies they want to watch. They know what kind of music they want to listen to and what kind of beers they want to buy. I find it insulting and offensive when people suggest that they need to think for others because other people can't think for themselves. The person who knows best what's best for them is that individual, period. It's 7.30 on 6.30 KHOW. Online with myself and Charlie Gottenkinney is Jim Caruso, CEO of Flying Dog Brewery. Um, some of his beers could be deemed as offensive, and he says let the consumer decide that. We have no business uh, getting bureaucrats involved in this, the PC police. And here comes the Brewers Association with Denver Post headline, cheers and jeers over beers. Brewers Brewing Association tightens rules on, quote, offensive names and labeling of beers. So they're not saying, okay, well, uh, listen, we're, we're going to throw the smack down on you and uh, uh, you, you can't do this. Of course you can do this. But what they are saying is we're going to lean on you and we're going to have a, uh, a, I guess, a, a non-biased uh, three-person committee. Is that what it is, Jim? Okay, this is, okay, this is offensive. Offensive to whom, okay? That you can look at these beer names, it's all subjective, and that, uh, you know, 8 billion bottles of craft beers were consumed last year from 30,000 different brands. And the Brewers Association actually makes some sort of connection that what, uh, uh, they actually quoted this, one naughty beer label, one off-color beer label is enough to destroy the integrity of the industry. We can't, and I just cringe when I'm asked questions about these beers. They're, they're, sh- they're shame and sensationalism. This is just crazy talk. So, it's not. It's sort of direct censorship, but it's even worse. It's intimidation and bullying and these threats to get people to self-censor. And often, when people do that, they even go to an extreme. Yeah. So they have they have a combination of the old pillory, you know, where you had your head in your hands out in the public square and you were humiliated for doing something bad. And that's this policy where if you win an award and they don't like your name. They personally find it disagreeable. We're talking about a few people here making a decision for what's right for tens of millions of craft beer consumers. That they will announce that you won the award and the medal, but they won't announce the name of your beer. You know, so in front of 40,000 people in Craft Business Daily, you know, the name is, is too uh, naughty to say in public. And the second is this tribunal uh, of, quote, Three unbiased people. I heard that. Yeah, it's an independent three-member panel that brings expertise from academia, marketing, and law. Will take up a case when another brewery lodges a complaint if a brand name wins an award but has been deemed inappropriate by this panel. It is not allowed to use the names and logos (laughs) from the Great American Beer Festival, which will be October fifth through seventh in Denver, or the (laughs) World Beer Cup to promote their winning beer and. uh, Quote from Miss Julia Hertz from the craft. Uh, she's the craft beer program director. This is a community that we need to see nurtured. Okay, this is and so we know bad. that we need to continue to do a better and and have more diverse community than we have today. Okay, well, the so-called diversity committee. I'll comment on that too. Here is a situation: the craft beer industry, one of the greatest success stories of the last quarter century, is built on freedom of creative expression. And so this tribunal, they actually said, they, I, I challenged the, the president of the Brewers Association on this twice, unbiased people. He said, yes, that they are, going, they are going to find three unbiased humans on this planet. 
And these three people, one's an economist, one's a, an attorney, and one's a media consultant. These three unbiased pin, uh, people with no personal opinions, totally objective, are somehow going to make a decision as to what is proper. What the whole concept of this kind of censorship is there are some people that are so arrogant and so self-righteous that they think whatever their view of the world is, whatever they think is proper, is the truth for everybody, and they want you to conform. And when you don't, either because their arguments aren't persuasive or they don't have the language skills to do so, they just want to shut you down. So this tribunal, where competitors actually call in and complain about you. Isn't that something else? Okay. Tattle, tattle on your fellow brewer. Uh, does it remind you when they parent, the children used to inform on their parents under the evils of socialism? But here's the problem. To us, to people like us, the consumer is sovereign. The consumer is sovereign. We make more of what consumers like. We discontinue making products they don't like. And every day, whether it's Charlie or me or all of us who actually support and created the Brewers Association, every day try to create new products that are going to bring joy and happiness to consumers. That's how the free market works. So when the Brewers Association says, well, Jim, we don't disagree. We're, we're for free expression and free enterprise. Here's the deal. As entrepreneurs, you cannot have free enterprise if somebody's blocking your creative expression, your marketing message to consumers. It's a complete contradiction. And there are people that can actually live in this world of contradiction. It's crazy. You know, and if you wanted to censor, who would you appoint? Who would you appoint to decide what you should think and what choices you should have? So... So this, and this, 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 this is a grain of sand argument. It comes up a lot. I do Q&A all the time. Well, you know, these couple of beers out there, let's assume it's true that out of the 8 billion bottles of beer that were consumed last year, there's a half a dozen that are a little bit naughty and edgy and racy with some images. So what? It's the grain of sand argument. There's a grain of sand on this shoreline of beach. If we remove this one grain of sand, you know, it's going to change the world. It won't. It's a beer label. There are words on a piece of paper. It is not racism and sexism. Racist and sexism exist. Stupid people are racist and sexist. That's completely separate from the words. If I actually thought by removing a beer label, you're going to take these racist and sexist thoughts out of people's heads, I would consider it. There is zero, zero research, zero studies, zero connection. And this has been studied in every industry between words and violence or words and these ignorant stupid isms that are out there i don't even know listen i i think it's great and, and like i said this isn't going anywhere it's going to continue it's going to uh, heat up and you know that committee they should use for the brewers association is to figure out how to keep imbev out of the uh, out of the halls of the Great American Beer Festival. I think the consumer would appreciate that in a craft beer sense a little bit more than censoring um, the beers and beer names, that type of thing. Hallelujah. How about getting, you know, uh, InBev is investing in rate beer. Uh, they're trying to introduce, the, the, the Beer Institute has actually introduced legislation to voluntarily put nutritional labeling on the beers. And I've written about this. Other people have written about it. What industry asks the government to regulate themselves? The Beer Institute is doing this because they feel that craft beer is higher calories. This is my theory. This is everybody's theory. Because who asks for regulation, extra regulation? That craft beer 
is more calories than domestic lagers. So if you put the craft, if you have to put nutritional labeling on, it'll squeeze down the creativity of craft beer labels. And when consumers see that it's higher alcohol and higher calories, they'll go back to domestic lagers. Where is the Brewers Association on fighting this? The answer when I challenged them, and I've been writing about this and speaking about it, here was the answer. We called the Beer Institute. We told them that we oppose it. That was it. You must be a real thorn for them, huh? Uh, well, for the moment, <laughs> <laughs> you must be a real thorn. Yeah. You know what? I would say this: that any rational entrepreneur that invests their life and millions of dollars to satisfy consumers—that is the audience we care about. Do I really care? I mean, I love Troy. Troy's probably a great guy. So is Sam and these other guys. They don't care any more about my opinion of them than I do their opinion about how I should run my business. That's how it works. We're friendly. We're comrades, and all that sort of stuff. And why doesn't the Brewers Association worry about managing the Brewers Association? I like it. And you have a diversity committee, and I know, and I, I looked at this diversity. So this whole thing, like this whole diversity committee, I used to be president of a public company, um, 22,000 employees. I've had quite a bit of uh, professional training, hundreds of hours with interpersonal relationships and so forth. Managing diversity is one of the most challenging, difficult problems out there like racism and sexism. These are very, very, very serious, difficult problems to solve. Most diversity programs fail, even run by professionals with years of certifications and years of qualifications and clinical psychologists. This is, this is just for show. I mean, with no disrespect to who's running this committee, this person has zero credentials to head up a diversity committee. And then you want to like have this whole diversity committee that says, you know, that these shameful, sensational labels that are driving, you know, people away from the business and so forth. It's just, it's just nonsense. It's crazy talk. Uh, Jim Caruso. It's wanting to impose their view of the world on everybody else's because they're so sure that their view of the world is the proper view. Hey, well, something I would add, too, yeah. is, uh, you know, when, when the Brewers Association refuses to put your name, uh, you know, on a great American beer festival, uh, let's say you've won a gold medal. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, this is important to marketing for small breweries. I can Absolutely. tell you that would be huge for us. You know, to win a gold medal and uh, to have have some committee decide that you know our name is inappropriate, so they're not going to use it. That's where the bullying comes in. Absolutely. But- you know, I feel the association that we support and pay for, you know, is is bullying its members. You know, well, go out and bully Anheuser Busch if you want to bully somebody. Well, that's exactly right. And you know, I have to say this that. Um, that when you, when, you, when you consider that policy, even if it imposes self-censorship, you're automatically taking creativity out of this industry that's so important. And so they're either uh, going up against this and going to subject themselves to being pilloried and you know, put in front of the Inquisition, or they're going to start dumbing down their labels and dying in a sea of sameness. This is, this is unacceptable. Any rational entrepreneur, in my opinion, would not be a part of this organization. Hey, next time you're on the show, Jim, come with an opinion, would you? <laughs> I'd really appreciate you doing hey, that. You know, <laughs> I am very transparent. I would love to debate anybody. I'm going to bring it to you. I'm going to bring it to you. I'm setting it up. The Inquisition, bring them on. And I'm just Jim, a brewer. I'm happy to debate. We're going to do it. We'll, we'll, light, we'll light the fire. Jim Caruso, Flying Dog Brewer. I'm going to leave it there. Uh, listen, keep fighting the good fight, man. I, I can tell you your passion uh, bleeds over. And this isn't just for beer and beer labeling. Uh, this is this is for everyone out there that wants the uh, uh, freedom of speech and freedom of enterprise. Uh, that's Individual what, liberty. And uh, here's what I say. Good beer, no censorship. 
Let's we'll leave it there. <laughs> thanks, Jim. Appreciate it. You'll be back on if you'll uh, come back. Love you guys. Yeah. Uh, thanks so much. Right. There he is, Jim Caruso. Good interview, huh? Yeah, excellent. Fun yeah. stuff. Fun stuff. You get that right here on the Drinker Show. Uh, we're gonna take a break. We're gonna come back. I want to catch up with you, Charlie, uh, for a couple minutes, and then we'll have um, Kyle Moyer and booze in the news. And we're gonna talk about kind of an interesting topic. Um, Kyle Moyer, he's been kind of getting into shape. And uh, he finds it, wow, I kind of lose uh, a little more weight when I'm not drinking or when I'm watching what I drink. And it's like, okay, well, uh, you know, ding dong, of course, that, that that's going to happen to you. But then unwanted calories. Uh, the, we just had this kind of esoteric conversation about, um, you know, you're, you're laying down there at the beach and you're having a nice tropical drink. Probably has a thousand calories in it. You don't know. And he's, he did some research. He's going to talk about some of the favorite, you know, what, what does a margarita have as far as calories? You know, hey, listen, as you get older, you got to watch your calories a little bit more. Your metabolism isn't as fast. So we'll have that conversation and booze in the news with Kyle Moyer. We'll come back with Charlie Gotten Kenny, who's in studio with me, co-owner of Brews Beers, brewer over there, Brews Beers, and uh, just a great friend and sponsor of the show. Loves the show. You know, when you put a couple bucks towards the show, that means a lot to us. It really does. Appreciate you, Charlie. We'll be right back with Charlie Gotten Kinney right here on the Modern Drinker Show on iHeartRadio. You'll share a little drink with us on this festive day. It's the Modern Drinker Show. Hot dogs! Get your billies gourmet hot dogs! Hot dogs for grown-ups and kids alike! Awesome homemade sausages! Get your billies gourmet hot Billy's Gourmet Hot Dogs. 100% single-sourced meat. Never any artificial flavors or coloring. And always hormone-free. Experience the best dogs you'll ever eat. Just two blocks from Coors Field. A perfect place to sit on a sun-filled outdoor patio. And grab a beer and dog before a game. Billy's Rocker Spirits. It's a distillery. It's a place to hang. It's about quality. It's about taste. It's about passion. Infused with American spirit. Rocker whiskey, rocker rum, rocker vodka. Get ready for an original look, feel, and experience. Old Town Littleton. And have you ever had pizza from a thousand degree oven? Great pizza from Sprezzatura. Open Thursdays, Fridays, Saturdays, and Sundays. Rockerspirits.com. Rockerspirits.com. Beer. Always tastes better and fresher when it comes right out of the tap. Now you don't have to go to a bar to get the same great taste with Man Can. The Man Can is a sturdy stainless steel one gallon keg style craft beer growler. Man Can. It's like a mini craft brewery that travels with you. Camping tailgating, up in the mountains, wherever. Perfect for get-togethers. You can keep eight pints of your favorite beer fresh in every man can. Here's how it works. Fill the man can at your favorite brewery or tap station. It keeps beer fresh and carbonated with an awesome pressurized CO2 tap system. The man can is virtually indestructible and gives you a perfect pour every time. It makes pouring craft beer easy, even from the fridge. The man can. A great gift for those who love fresh beer. Wherever you go, bring fresh beer. Get yours today online at mancan.beer. That's mancan.beer. Hi, this is Jim Cook from Sam Adams, and you are listening to The Modern Drinker on iHeartRadio. Cheers. Let's go drink some beer. 
Yes, we can drink some beer, that's for sure. It is the Modern Drinker Show on iHeartRadio. Greg Hollenbach, Charlie Gotten, Kenny in the co-hosting seat today. Uh, kind of a big deal just to be out of the house, huh, Charlie? Yes, it's actually good to be out of the house. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of a big... You take things like that for granted, but uh, here you are. I, and I think people... Uh, I've been asking you for weeks, uh, can I give update? You know, I, I'm very respectful of it. Uh, and uh, pleasure in your own words, here you are. But... Um, Eight weeks ago, brewing accident at yeah. Brews Beers. Yeah. Uh, what happened? Uh, we had a kettle boil over, and unfortunately, I was standing uh, on the platform right next to it and got uh, splashed rather badly with uh, boiling hot beer, and it got on my uh, abdomen and back and right, pretty much my whole right side, and uh, so a lot of... Uh, Second and third degree burns and surgeries. Uh, wrong, surgeries. wrong place, wrong time. Yeah, just one of those things. Uh, something you've done a hundred times, and this time it uh, it went crazy on you. So community outreach was fantastic was for you, right? It was phenomenal. The support from the brewing community. Um, there were a number of breweries that held fundraisers, and you know we've had a lot of medical bills. This has helped so much. It's incredible, and. You know, just people uh, up at Midtown and around Denver that, you know, uh, contributed uh, money and good energy and thoughts and well wishes and stuff. Uh, we just appreciate it all. I'm, I'm very humbled by it. You're up and around. I am. I'm up and around. I'm uh, walking fairly well now and, uh, you know, I'm about to start driving again. And uh, surprise, your wife hasn't killed you yet. Yeah, being at home the whole too. time. She's here with you today. It's just so supportive and sweet and just a great family guy. Listen, I'm so glad you're up and around. You're on the mend. Thank you. Thank you. So cool. Well, it's great to be out and about and certainly great to be on the show here tonight. Yeah. And the, uh, uh, you know, you never want something like that. It's just life changer. But um, really, it kind of puts your perspective back on just people and generosity and, and life and, and how precious every moment is. Yeah, that's absolutely true. And uh, I got to tell you, people, you know, uh, it made all the difference in recovery and everything, too. All thanks the well wishes for, and stuff. So thanks for the update. Sure. I know a lot of people have been wanting to hear that. And um, I'm looking at him right now. He looks great. He looks great. Um, doesn't have a shirt off. That's right. I don't see the burn. I mean, listen, I said, hey, man. I'll spare it, you that. It must be painful <laughs> as just all get out. You know, yeah, I'm not going to lie. It, it, it hurts. And, yeah. and that's what it's just that uh, I can't escape the pain type of thing. Yeah. And uh, that's where it gets really difficult right there. Again, just so happy to see just look you in the eye. And it's been so long. And it's just so cool to have you just back up and around. And Bruce Beers is having an anniversary party, yes, which is are. coming up. And you can come see Charlie. I think yeah. it's on the 8th of, 8th of, of July. July. 8th of July. We're going to have a great lineup of beers. We're uh, bringing back some classics and bringing some new stuff out. And so I think we'll have about 15 beers on tap, and uh, it's a good more time. if we can figure out how to pour them. So. If you haven't been to Brews Beers in, in Midtown, uh, what's the address, sir? The address is 1675 uh, West uh, 67th Avenue in Denver. Uh, it's at... Uh, 67th and Pecos. Yeah. So, and you hear the Bruce Beers ads run in Charlie's voice, and I'm sure you're very familiar with. But join us out, be out there. Uh, we'll be doing a live broadcast. All right, we'll come back. We'll take a break. We'll come back the final stretch. It'll be booze in the news next with uh, Kyle Moyer, myself, and Charlie Gottenkinney right here on the Modern Drinker Show on iHeartRadio. This is Charlie Papazian. You can try, and I'll probably say yes. You're listening to the Modern Drinker on iHeartRadio. 
You're thirsty. You want a drink, a swig, something to quaff, imbibe. You want bogeys, beer, and wine. 400 craft beers. We're talking lagers, suds, brewskis, you name it, they got it. 170 whiskeys, hooch, moonshine, bourbon, scotch. It's enough for any gin joint. The guy who runs it? Kyle Moyer. He's a connoisseur. Guy really knows his stuff. You want wine? Kyle says there's plenty of great wine right here. Local, you know. Family owned. Make your taste buds come alive. Bogey's Beer and Wine. It's a shop, a store, an emporium, a flavor factory for distilled spirits. Right next to the Crafty Fox Tap House and Pizzeria, near I-25 and 38th on Fox Street. You like beer, whiskey, and wine? This is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. Go to bogeysbeer.com. It's a tap house. It's a pizzeria. Tap house. Pizzeria. Mamma mia, it's a boss. The Crafty Fox Tap House and Pizzeria. Named one of the hottest new bars in Denver by Zagat. 60 rotating taps dedicated to delicious craft beer. With permanent Russian River Blind Pig handle. The Crafty Fox Tap House and Pizzeria. The most heavenly pizza you've ever tasted. The freshest ingredients. Baked to perfection. This menu, they use the same ingredients that they use to make it a crap. With two outdoor patios, including a rooftop deck, with a majestic view of downtown Denver, located just a mile north of Coors Field. Let's play ball! 3901 Fox Street in Denver. It's a tap house. It's a pizzeria. It's It's both. The Crafty Fox Pizzeria and Tap House, where craft is their middle name. Check them out at craftyfox.beer. Now it's time for the Modern Drinkers Booze in the News segment. I like my beer cold, my meat grilled, and my entertainment explosive. Brought to you by the Crafty Fox Tap House and Pizzeria and Bogey's Beer and Wine. All we need is a, is a chair and a, and a cooler beer. Here's your booze news. All right, right back on the Modern Drinker Show on iHeartRadio. Greg Hollenbach, Charlie Gotten, Kenny, and uh, we're waiting to get him on the VIP line. There he is. Our guy right there, Kyle Moyer from the Crafty Fox and Bogey's Beer and Wine. And uh, it is booze in the news. All the booze news you can use with Kyle Moyer. What's going on, Kyle? Not a whole lot. How you doing? We're doing great. Charlie Gottenkinney's here with me. And, uh, hey, Kyle. He, he's, hello, hello. He's out of the house. Voice. Yes. Good. It's very cool. Um, what are we talking about today? I know we mentioned a, a, a couple of things we wanted to kick around, but what did you decide on? Well, you know what? It's like, you know, summertime, it's the pool, the beach, you know, you kind of want to work on that summer bod. I'm not the one that necessarily knows a whole lot about that, but I have researched it a lot and, you know, kind of what you should be drinking to help, you know, maybe diet or maybe uh, fit in those those swimsuits this summer. Hey, listen, it is a big thing for people and um, trying to fit uh, alcohol on un- empty calories. Basically, you don't need it. You don't need to drink or they, you can drink water. You'll be fine. You'll live. But it's a luxury. And a lot of people want to continue to fit that into their life and their lifestyle. But at the same time, feel like they, you know, can lose some weight or have a healthy lifestyle. And so you did a little research to kind of show us uh, what we're looking at when we're consuming these uh, Mai Tais and that kind of thing, huh? Exactly. And, you know, like when you're at the beach or you're at the pool or you're barbecuing, I mean, it only makes sense to have, you know, a beer or a margarita or whatever in your right hand. So, you know, that's half of the enjoyment of, of doing all those summer activities. So, you know, for me, I really looked at, at 
what what makes something healthier than not, you know, and, and a lot of it is just being smart about it. And, you know, obviously moderation is huge, but, you know, the best part about the craft industry is you're, the craft industry, you know, if you're drinking whiskey or beer or whatever, um, the ingredients are better. They're not, they're not skipping out on anything um, that you might find in, you know, some of the big, the big mass-produced stuff. So, you know, automatically I say if you stick with craft, you're automatically putting better ingredients in your body, which is key. But the other things, you know, and no matter what it is, if it's beer, if it's a mixed drink, if it's, um, you know, like a margarita and so on, you know, is, is to really enjoy what you're drinking. And, and maybe, you know, if you can't drink it neat, if you do need to mix it, um, you know, maybe just slow down a little bit, you know, sip on it, enjoy what you're doing, and, um, you know, appreciate the, the actual alcohol that's in it. But another big thing, you know, with the mixed drinks, in, in my opinion, is staying away from the sugar as much as possible. So, Anything artificial, even juices, you know. I like, love an old fashioned Moyer. Oh, I mean, I no bueno. I get. I guess I'm gonna have to just drink scotch. You just drink it neat, and if you can't drink it neat, you know the soda waters. You know, water itself, ice is huge. Um, you know, water that drink down if need be. Personally, I like to drink things neat, but not everybody can do it. But you know, when it comes to beer, um, don't look for the ultra ultra healthy light beers that they advertise because they are skipping out on a lot of key ingredients that uh, nutritional ingredients that beer actually has. So um, don't necessarily look for that. You can drink another, you know, 15, 20 calories and, and, you know, be drinking a really good IPA. Or I think you're right on the money on that. You know, I'd rather go for a few more calories and really good ingredients than just uh, su- substandard subpar ingredients and a few less calories. I think exactly. And and the key of that, you know, the, the ABV and those ultralight beers are so low that, you know, even if you want to get a little bit of a buzz on, you got to drink six of them in comparison to, you know, one or two IPAs. And then if you balance that out, well, you had less calories drinking those IPAs that you really enjoy that, you know, again, more nutritional value in the ingredients than the really ultralight ones. So, you, re- you know, if you're going to drink one of the really ultralight, I honestly just What's what's it worse? You know, maybe just drink water at that point. But uh, enjoy what you're drinking. Go craft still. All these have really good ingredients in them. And again, slow it down. Don't go for artificial, um, you know, sweeteners or juices or any anything that is in some of these mixed drinks. You know, put in a lime, put in soda water, things like that to help you know die down the alcohol taste. I love it. Thank you, sir. Absolutely. So good. Okay, there he is, Kyle Moyer, and uh, just brings great uh, booze in the news, all the booze news you can use. Charlie Gottenkini, thank you. Thank you. It's, yeah, been, a it's been a pleasure to catch up. Yep, yeah, and we'll see you at Brews Beers for your anniversary Absolutely. party. Looking forward to it. All right, we'll be back next week the, with the Eater and Drinker right here on iHeartRadio. The Modern Drinkers Booze in the News, brought to you by the Crafty Fox Tap House and Pizzeria and Bogey's Beer and Wine. 